Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Starting a new series. In fact, we are just getting ready for some things that we just believe that God is setting us in direction for. And if you recall, we said on July 26, it's going to be a Friday evening at 7 o'clock. We're going to have a special night, and we're simply calling it Encounter. Where we're just coming and just going after God and purposing just to seek God's face and allow God to move in our lives and touch our lives. And how many of you know that if God touches your life, you're forever changed? You can't be the same if you have an encounter with God. And so, uh, we're just gearing up and kind of steering some things just to bring about awareness. And that way, we're ready and priming the pump to get to that place. And so, we're starting a new series today called, just simply, The Holy Spirit. And so, we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. But to begin, I want to just share something with you. Uh, just It was kind of an interesting story that I just recently heard from somebody within the church here. We uh, uh, talked last week. And uh, I don't know if you realize it, but last Sunday, uh, Wahlberg's. Anybody know Wahlberg's? The, I think it's a hamburger place. But Mark Wahlberg, the actor, and he and his brother, they're the ones that own it. And they launched it here in Flint. And so they've been preparing for it, getting it ready. And uh, so last Sunday was the big premiere day. And that's when Mark Wahlberg was supposed to be coming into town, just kind of to promote the, the opening of the restaurant. And I thought about, man, that'd be kind of cool to go down there. But you're thinking, you know, there's going to be so many people down there. It would be hard to get close and you're not going to be able to get any food with that, that kind of a fanfare day. So I just kind of stayed away and we never, never went down there. Well, this individual said, man... I just thought, I don't have nothing better to do. I'm going to go down there and just check it out. So he goes down there incognito. He's just kind of scoping out the thing, and he's kind of creeping up. And the one guy says to him, hey, this is a VIP. You're not allowed here. You need to go somewhere else. And so he said, where do I need to go? He said, I want to get by uh, Mark Wahlberg. In fact, he said, I, I called him Marky Mark. He said, I got in trouble for calling him Marky Mark, you know. And so he said, well, you got to go through this way and come around. So he did, and he said, I'm talking to different ones, and I'm kind of making my way to the front. And I think really what he did, he's like, mall cop. Like, you got credentials? Yeah, mall cop. So he <laughs> worked his way up there, you know. And I guess he got right up front. And uh, as he's there, he's, he's noticing that there are some journalists there. And, and so as he's talking to them, he says to them, hey, listen. He said, if, if you're going to do something, you need to tell them that this is awesome, that this is good for Flint. This is a positive thing. Of all the junk that's going on in Flint, you need to highlight that this is something good for Flint. And they said, hey, can we interview you? He's like, well, sure. Slicked back his hair, you know, got all pretty. And so he did one interview, and I think there were some other national programs that saw him doing an interview, and they said, hey, can we interview you too? So, man, he's getting like some fanfare. Probably got some love letters already from, you know, people that saw him on TV. But nevertheless, he's like being able to have, have this opportunity to, to promote Flint. And then at the end of it, he's like, man, he said, people are screaming. Girls are screaming when Mark Wahlberg comes out. You know, they're just so excited to see him. You know, and they ushered this guy from our church to the red carpet. 
And then when he's on the red carpet, he gets his shirt signed by Mark Wahlberg and the other brother. I can't remember if it's a Wahlberg. <laughs> Pretty bad when you remember the one and not the other. <laughs> but he got signatures on both. But here's the point that I'm trying to make to you. Is that a celebrity comes to town and everybody goes, Woo! So-and-so's here. But the connecting of the dots, this gentleman says, This is good for Flint. This is positive. This is a positive change. And it was all because of a celebrity that took the time to make an appearance and make an impact within a community. So, with that being said, I want to draw your attention to something that Jesus said. We said that this individual got to go down on the red carpet. They rolled out the red carpet for all the celebrities to come down. And so he got the opportunity to be a celebrity for a day. But notice what Jesus says. In John chapter 7, verse 37, Jesus says this. He says, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, who those believed in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So notice what Jesus was doing. Jesus was saying, now guys, listen, I'm, I'm getting ready to go. He says, but I'm setting up the red carpet. I'm laying out the red carpet for this one that is going to come. And he says, when he comes, for those of you that believe in me, he's going to come and live in you, and out of your heart is going to flow rivers of living water. Or in other words, there is going to be an inward change that takes place because of the Holy Spirit. And he says, now, when he comes and he lives in you, he says, there is going to be a major transformation. And out of your heart is going to flow life. He says, I'm letting you know that it's going to be to your advantage. It's to your advantage that I go away. And when I go, then I can send him. So notice what he's saying. He's saying, this is good for you. This is positive change. This is necessary. I'm laying out the red carpet because when I go, he comes. And when he comes, he's going to change you from the inside out. And it's going to be full of life. Amen? Isn't it interesting how we can look at an individual and say, Wow, look at who came to our city. I remember... Back when the uh, Buick Open was uh, in Flint, I used to go down there quite regularly, and I got to go down there with a, a minister friend. And I know I'd been down there several times, so I got to see the golfers. And because I followed golf, you know, you kind of get to know them via the programs on TV, watching them golf. And so it's kind of like no big deal. But I remember we're sitting there around the putting green, and Tiger Woods comes and walks right in front of us and goes and practices on the putting green. And he's like, that's Tiger Woods. And I'm like, yeah. He goes, but no, man, that's like, that's like Tiger Woods. I'm like, yeah. And for me, it's just like, 
Yeah, I've seen Tiger Woods before, but that was his first time. And it just like messed him up for the whole day. I saw Tiger Woods. I mean, we're like this far from one another. <laughs> right? And we say, this is good for our community. This is good for life. This is positive change. This is something to be highlighted. But Jesus is saying, there is one that is going to come. I'm laying out the red carpet. And when he comes, it's going to change some things. It's going to change you from the inside out. And so as we talk about the Holy Spirit, as we get into this, we're going to lay some foundation this morning. But I want to talk to you about maybe the God that you've never known. I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit or the God that you've never known. And for that matter, if you think about it, we've done a good job of talking about God, haven't we? You know, we've talked about God a lot in church. We've talked a lot about Jesus. But we've not really done a very good job talking about the Holy Spirit. And so as a result of that, many times what people end up doing is they shy away from the subject of the Holy Spirit or just what the Holy Spirit brings. And therefore, you end up getting kind of two extremes. You get people that don't talk about them at all. But see, uh, uh, let me just say it this way. You realize that when it comes to the Holy Spirit, there is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So he brings positive change. But when we don't have wisdom or understanding concerning the Holy Spirit, what it produces is mixed nuts. You know what I mean? Is get nutty people, weirdos, simply because they don't have a good understanding of the Holy Spirit. And so we want to clarify some things. And so one of the things that we have to clarify is, is that he's a person. And I think that's where some of the confusion comes in is because we oftentimes don't see him in that matter of him being a person. The Holy Spirit is not a ghost, you know, the scripture talks about the Holy Ghost. And so sometimes people think, well, what is he, this uh, force? Is he this uh, entity? Is he this spooky thing? What is he? Is he a smoke that comes and fills? What is the Holy Spirit? He's not a something. He's not a thing. The Bible refers to him as a he or refers to him as a person. Now listen to this. You can't get to know a person without having a personal relationship. Or let me say it the opposite. You can't have a personal relationship without knowing a person. Right? And so that begins to help us see a little bit more clearly. That if the Holy Spirit is a person, I can become acquainted with Him. I can begin to know Him. And so if the Holy Spirit is a person, let's begin to kind of peel back some layers concerning just the whole identity of who He is. Because when it comes to a person, an individual, there are distinguishing factors, if you will. Concerning a person, a person has a soul. I'm talking about an individual, you and me. We have a soul. Well, what is our soul? Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Or we could say it this way. It's our thoughts, it's our desires, and it's our feelings. Right? Doesn't that describe all of us? We have desires, we have thoughts, we have feelings. But so does the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has thoughts. He has desires. He has feelings. And for that matter, 
that's one of the biggest areas that the Holy Spirit is trying to help us. Because isn't that where we battle the most? In our thoughts, in our desires, in our feelings. And because of him being a person or a person of the Godhead, he knows exactly how to communicate and help us in all three of those areas because he identifies with us. Can you say amen? So the Holy Spirit will help us in our thinking. Well, why will he help us in our thinking? Because he's God, and therefore he thinks like God. So therefore he will help us think the thoughts of God or think like God thinks. Come on, how many of us get in trouble because we think wrong thoughts? Oh, man, I'm telling you. Just go driving in some traffic for a little while. You'll start having some wonderful thoughts. Right? What do I got to do? I got to choose to think the right thoughts. You know that the thoughts that I'm having about that person that just cut me off, Jesus is thinking about them a whole lot different, right? (laughs) He loves them. I'm not loving them right now, but right in that moment, He can help me how to think because he's got emotions. Now, let me break some scripture down for you. Just to clarify this, I said concerning a person, a person or a distinction of a person is that they have a soul. You're sitting in a chair right now. That's a thing. The chair doesn't have a soul. It doesn't have emotions. It doesn't have feelings. It doesn't have desires. But now, again, as we break it down and begin to look at God himself, notice this in Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, verse 18. This is when Jesus was baptized. You'll recall this is the beginning of his ministry. And it says, And behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him, and he will declare justice to the Gentiles. Now, who's speaking here? This is God. He says, my soul is well pleased. So God's making a distinction. He's saying, listen, I've got desires, I've got emotions, I've got thoughts, and right now my soul is very pleased. Are you seeing that? Why? Because God isn't just this thing. God himself is a person. Let's look at Jesus in Matthew chapter 26, verse 38. It says, then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me, he says to his disciples. So this is Jesus. The first identification was of God. Secondly, we said that Jesus says, My soul, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful. What's he identifying? He's saying right now, my desire is not to do what I'm getting ready to do. My emotions are off the charts. My my, my thinking is, is not... In this right now at the moment, my soul, it's troubled, right? Why? Because Jesus is a person. Then concerning the Holy Spirit. Now, you have to understand concerning the Holy Spirit, the operation or the function of the Holy Spirit is different in the New Testament than it was in the Old. And we just saw that Jesus said, it's important that I go away. It's to your advantage so that when I go away, I will send him. I will send the Holy Spirit. So as we begin to see references concerning God speaking, this is really now the operations of the Holy Spirit. So in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, it says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure 
in him. So the Holy Spirit says, I desire to be close. He says, but when you pull back, he says, my soul has no pleasure. He said, it affects me. It affects my thoughts. It affects my feelings. It affects my desire. Well, why is that? Because the Holy Spirit, being a person, he has a mind. Are you listening? I didn't say he's got a brain. I'm not talking about the physical thing in your skull. I'm talking about your mind. Amen? Now, here's a little side thought. See, everybody's worried about losing their mind, but if you understand that when it comes to the mind of Christ, you can be in soundness of mind till the day you die. Now, here's why. Do you remember the story of Lazarus and the rich man? The Bible says that the rich man went to hell, right? And he looked across a great chasm and saw the rich man, and he says, can you send him to go back and warn my family because I don't want my family to come down here. Remember that story? So how is it that he is now in spirit form, his physical body is dead in the ground on the earth, but now he's in Hades or he's in hell, but yet his mind is recollecting or recalling his life or family on the earth. Why? Because your mind is not connected to your brain. Your mind is connected to your soul. Are you tracking with me? So the Holy Spirit, he has a mind. So, when you think about that, if God has a mind, if the Holy Spirit has a mind, did you know that there is nothing that just occurred to God? <laughs> Seriously, think about it. You know, Jesus and God, they're not up there talking like, you know what, that just occurred to me. God never said that. Because he knows everything. How many of you know that, you know, God never looked over at Jesus and said, that surprised me. I did not see that coming. God never said that either. Why? Because he has a mind and nothing surprises him. So therefore, you have someone living on the inside of you. Jesus says, if you believe in me, then he will come and live in you. So therefore, the genius, the Holy Spirit, the one that knows everything, lives on the inside of you. He's in you. And the Bible says that he is endeavoring to teach you. To counsel you, to help you, to give you direction. Now, I want to ask you the question. See, what I'm talking about is coming to a reality of understanding that there is a person of the Holy Spirit that we can become acquainted with. And in this dispensation or before Jesus comes, it is the Holy Spirit that is on the earth ministering to the body of Christ. So the last time that you made a decision... The last time you had a choice to make, did you stop and pause for a moment and look inward to the genius that is on the inside and say, Holy Spirit, what do you think about this? What would you do? What would be a good idea right now? But see, we go so oftentimes and are so unaware that he's in us, just waiting to have fellowship He's a person. Are you here this morning? Come on. We get so distracted in life. And I think we compartmentalize this relationship with God. But I heard it said this way. Learn to live within the steps. What does that mean? That means that all of us are busy in life, right? 
You've got work, you've got responsibilities, you've got things you've got to do. But there is downtime in between your responsibilities of life. And living in the moment or living in the steps of life, meaning that from one to the next, I can have fellowship with God. Amen. I'm just driving down the road. i got 20 minutes to get from my house down to the church. I can be living within the steps and begin to have fellowship with God. Because right then, all I'm doing is driving down the road. And I can access and take advantage of the moment of the person of God, the Holy Spirit, living in me. Amen? I can begin to have fellowship with Him. His thoughts are God's thoughts. And therefore, I can know what God is thinking. As I've said earlier, if you don't see Him as a person, you will never have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. He will just be this thing that we give reference to. But he's wanting to know you. He's wanting to have fellowship with you. I said that he has a mind. The person of the Holy Spirit has a mind. He also has a will. Notice what it says here in Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16 verse 6. It says, Now when they had gone through the uh, Phrygia, or whatever that city is called, and to the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word to Asia. So what does that mean? If the Holy Spirit forbade them to do something, then he exercised his will to give them instruction to do or not to do something, right? So therefore, we understand that the Holy Spirit has a will. And if he has a will, then it is the will of God. And therefore, we can know the will of God. Amen? So many times we're so confused to say, God, I don't know. What do you want me to do? But you've got the genius on the inside. And it's not difficult to know him. Now, let me give you some instruction when it comes to the will of God. When it comes to the will of God, the number one way that we begin to find out the will of God is through his word. His word is his general will. But the Holy Spirit gives specifics to his will. Let me give you an example. The Bible tells me that marriage is a good thing. The Bible tells me that God doesn't desire for me to be alone. The Bible says that he made a woman to be my helpmate. So I know that marriage is a good thing. I know that God endorses marriage. I know that God doesn't want me to be alone. But now that is the general will of God. But now when it comes to starting to date somebody before I'm married, I can ask specific and say, now, God, is she the one? Is she the one? Or do I need to end this before it starts? You see, the Word of God can give me general will of God, but the Holy Spirit can give me the specific will of God. But once again, it's learning to have that fellowship with Him so that He begins to give direction. Amen. We can hear God's voice. I said we can hear God's voice. We can have that personal relationship through Him. And here's the thing. You can't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit through somebody else. It's personal. Amen? I mean, it would be silly for, you to, for me to come to you and say, Hey, uh, what does my wife want for her birthday? You're like, what are you asking, what are you asking me for? She's your wife. I don't have a personal relationship with her like you do. So what does that mean? That means I can't have a relationship through, to, with her through you. It's only her and I. 
But oftentimes, isn't that what happens? Pastor, can you pray for me so that God will give me an answer? Now, there's nothing wrong with prayer. But what it comes down to is oftentimes we're wanting the pastor or some preacher to have answers from God that we can only get ourselves at times. So I can't have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit through somebody else. God wants to have that with me. He desires that. All right? And then going on to the personality of God, he also has feelings. We said that a person has a soul, and as a soul, you have feelings. Now, look what it says here in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Is joy, is peace, is long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Did you notice that all those are attributes of a person? Did you notice that? The fruits of the Spirit are all attributes of a person. And therefore, I can begin to experience the attributes of the person of the Holy Spirit, meaning I can be kind. Amen. So if I'm not being kind, you know it's not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. My wife tells me, you need to get some fruit, baby. (laughs) From time to time, you know what I mean? And so there is the feelings that the Holy Spirit can bring. It's his desire. Now notice what it says here. Because again, I'm talking about having a personal relationship with God. And that there is a personality and a, there is a mind desires and feelings concerning the Holy Spirit and in his personal relationship with you. Now notice what it says here in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 25. I'm going to read a couple verses here. It says, Therefore, put away lying. Now we're going to look at some things or continue to see some things here, but for the sake of referring to it, he says, put away lying. So lying would grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, what does it mean to grieve? It means to affect somebody emotionally. Like I said, we'll see it in just a moment. But it says, put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer. So stealing, stealing would grieve God said, but rather let him labor, working with his hands uh, what is good, that he may have something to give him who, is, who has need. Verse 29 says, let no corrupt words proceed out of your mouth, so corrupt communication would grieve the Holy Spirit. But what is good for nece- necessary edification, that it, might be in, that it might impart grace to the hearer. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. So notice again, bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, that grieves God. Verse 32 says, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God Christ forgave you. So notice again what it says here, that the Holy Spirit is a person He has the ability to be moved or grieved. Now, what is it? Well, let me me say it this way. What is it that grieves him? 
And this is where a misconception comes in is because we oftentimes think that, well, when it comes to grieving God or moving God, God is a mad and an angry God. He's not. The Bible says that it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Right? But what is it that grieves God? It's sin. Sin grieves God. Does it, does it make God mad? No, it makes Him sad. It makes Him sad for you because He knows that sin hurts people. Sin ultimately hurts you and sin can hurt other people. And so therefore, it grieves the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, what does it mean to grieve? Now, let me put it in perspective here. For those of us that are Christians, for those of us that have lost family members that were Christians and have went home to be with the Lord, anybody relate what I'm talking about? Can you say or identify that you grieve for the person that has went home to be with the Lord? Absolutely. We grieve. Well, what is it that we grieve about? Do we grieve that we lost them? No. As believers, we didn't lose them. We just sent them home. So what is it that we grieve for or what is it that we grieve about? We grieve because we lost fellowship with the person that we loved. And so when sin enters in or when we allow sin to have place in our life, what it does is it grieves him because it brings about separation or separation of fellowship with God. Amen? I'll give you an example. I was listening to one guy. I, I, he was saying that uh, he always tells the Lord. In, in fact, he was telling his wife one day. He says, uh, his wife asked him, what do you want for your birthday? And so he told her what he wanted. And he said he was in his prayer, prayer time and the, the Holy Spirit said to him, says, why don't you ask me something for your birthday? He said, oh, I never thought about that. And he says, okay. He says, God, then what I, I pray for is that I would become more aware of your voice and know your voice. I want to know your voice more clearly. And so he said he was preaching at a, another church and ministering to people. And he said, man, when I was praying for people, the voice of God was so clear. He said, I was praying for people with such precision and clarity. He said, God was giving me names. He said, man, it was just amazing. He said, the moment I asked for God to speak to me clearly, God granted my prayer. And then he said he went home or went to the hotel that night. He said, you know what? I'm just being transparent with you, church. He said, I watched something on TV that I shouldn't have watched. And he said, after I watched that, he said, man, I knew that I grieved the Lord. And he said, and I was supposed to preach at that church the next night. And he said, when I got up there, he said, everything within me was like, God, I can't hear you for nothing right now. Why? Because the sin broke the fellowship. It didn't break his relationship with God, but the person of the Holy Spirit, it broke the fellowship. And so, a surprising course of events, the pastor says, you know what, I'm sensing something different tonight. He says, in fact, he says, this is what I want to do. He says, if you've got some sin in your life, and it's caused separation between you and God, he says, I want you to come up here, and, and we're just going to pray for you. And he's like, you know, I'm the guest minister, man. He said, I can't go up there. And the Lord said to him, he says, didn't you want to hear my voice? And he said, well, 
He says, maybe I can go up there, and they'll just think, well, maybe, maybe he don't pray enough. Maybe he don't read his Bible enough. And then right after he's thinking that, he said, the pastor says, now, I'm not talking about you saying, well, I don't read enough or pray enough. He says, I'm talking about you got some sick stuff going on. You got some dirty, dirty laundry in your life. If that's you, then come up here right now. And he's like, God, you're talking to me loud and clear. I asked you to talk to me. And he said, I went up in front of the church, and he said, because I stepped out and listened to the leading of the Lord, he said, that broke off of me. And he said, I never had problems with that after that. And my fellowship was restored. Amen? Why? Because God wants to have a relationship with us. The Holy Spirit is a real person. And so he wants to know you. Amen? And so, just as I close... This is just the beginning of what we're going to be sharing on concerning the Holy Spirit. But if you recall, Jesus said this in Luke's gospel. I believe it's in Luke chapter 11. He says, now, you being evil fathers, he said, if your son or your children come to you and say, can I have a piece of bread? He said, will you give them a rock or will you give them a scorpion? He says, you won't do that. He says, you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. He says, how much more will I give you the Holy Spirit so here's the thing I want you to just to contemplate there's all this confusion and so much conversation about the Holy Spirit but one of the things that I know is that God just wants to have fellowship with us he just wants you to have a desire to know him you know my kids are growing up, and my son, he is, he's seven right now, so he's still at that age of innocence and age of looking up to dad and whatever. And so yesterday, he and I, we were driving down the road, and I stopped into McDonald's and got a coffee and got him a little ice cream cone, and just as I'm sitting there talking to him, I'm just amazed at this little person of who he is, and just the inquisitiveness and just his conversation and just how he thinks he knows everything or you can have a conversation and he has an answer he don't know what he's talking about but he, he'll, he'll, he'll have a conversation and I'm sitting there looking at it thinking gosh I just love that little guy I just love him I love hanging out with him because he's just he's my buddy in fact our dog's name is buddy and he's even called me on that sometimes I say hey buddy you my buddy and he's like dad I thought you, I thought I was your buddy Buddy's your buddy? I said, Buddy's my dog buddy. I said, You're my buddy, buddy. <laughs> but I see my son in times of getting disciplined and corrected, in times of when he's fall, fallen down and hurt himself, in times of conflict with his siblings, he still wants to come up and say, Dad, I just want to hug you, Dad. Just love you, Dad. And I don't know about you, but that's just how I want to be with God. I want to be that, like that with the Holy Spirit. With God, I just, I want to be that little, little kid. I want to be that little boy. That I'm not too big for my britches. That I've not gotten too old. That I don't think I know too much. But I just want you and I just need you. And God, I want you to come in and fill me with that life. 
that I might experience everything that you desire for me. That I come to know you and that your voice is so clear and that this relationship with you is so tangible as though I know a person because you are. I pray that for you. That in these next couple weeks that God's cultivating something in your heart. That you're not satisfied with the distractions of life. But you're saying, God, I want to know you. And whatever else seemed to fill a void in your life, you're finding that, God, that don't do it anymore. And you might find that there's a scratching on the inside. And that's just God saying, I want to have fellowship with you. We're going somewhere, church. We're going to be the church on fire. We're going to be the church that changes the landscape in this greater Flint area. We're breaking the back of lack. Why? Because we are a church that is endeavoring to know God. And we'll know our God. And as Daniel said, they that know their God will do great exploits. That's us. Come on, let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to pray for you right now. You may not even know where you're at in your relationship with God. If you don't know where you're at, if it feels like you're off in left field, if you're searching and saying, God, I don't even know if I have a relationship with you, all you simply have to do is say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Make me new. I want to be yours and I surrender my life to you. And you might say, I've already done that. But what you're feeling is simply being out of fellowship. So the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, it says, If you'll confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. All you got to do is say, God, I'm out of fellowship and I want to get back in fellowship. Forgive me. And it's just that easy. And I'm going to pray a prayer right now for you. And if you're saying, I want to know him. You might even say, I don't know what that looks like. Don't know how to do it. Listen, the teacher, the helper, the Holy Spirit is going to help you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person that's listening online, those that are here, those that will be tuning in because they're on vacation right now in the name of Jesus. For every single person that hears this message, I pray that Holy Spirit, you will grab hold of the inside of them, that you will just radically shake them and love them and pour out your life in them. That they think differently, that their desires are different, that their, their, their thoughts are different, their feelings are different because of the person of the Holy Spirit on the inside. And I thank you, Father, that there is a flame that is kindling on the inside of us, that we are a people that are on fire for God, knowing our God, knowing your voice, and knowing you personally. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, guys, before I let you go, remember there is no... Don't forget to 
subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.